0: Welcome to the Pastor's Roundtable podcast, a podcast where we pull apart and deconstruct the habits, routines, and tactics of the great men and women of faith. Drastically changed my life. Are you ready? ready? I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. Here's
1: your host, Ryan Latham. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 52 of the podcast. I am so thankful that you have joined us for this crucial conversation with Chris Moore. He is a youth pastor and the host of the Youth Pastors Roundtable podcast uh, as well as Facebook group. It's really a community of youth pastors from around the nation and around the world who are looking at how do we reach students in this COVID season online, in person, hybrid models. It's really a community coming together and trying to figure out how to navigate this season. Chris, in this conversation, is going to lay out his Influencer program, talking about how to raise up student leaders to become missionaries in the digital world. Hey, have you guys checked out the Jesus Challenge? Last episode, we talked with Greg Fair. We talked about the Jesus Challenge Digital Discipleship. Great program, all online, available for you personally or for you to share with your church. You guys can go to renewedleadership.org disciple. That's renewedleadership.org disciple. And use the code Ryan to get your savings there. Well, here's my conversation with Chris today. Well, hey guys, welcome to another episode. I'm here with my friend Chris. We're going to be talking about probably one of the biggest topics that I can think about right now, which is digital discipleship for students. Uh, we've talked about digital discipleship with adults on the podcast with Greg Farah. Now we're going to be talking about digital discipleship for students. And uh, Chris just let me know even right before we get ready, they're talking about uh, what it looks like for kids ministry as well. So. Uh, Chris, welcome to the podcast, man. So glad to have you on.
0: Ryan, thank you so much for having me, dude. You are a legend, best of the best. When I didn't have a job, when I drove across the country, you found a couch for me to sleep on, so I didn't have to sleep in my car. You, I owe you over and above. This
1: anytime. guy, I love you. Now, okay, let, let's talk about hustle and grit for a little bit, okay? <laughs> because everyone, some people, okay, but honestly, some people can look at like what you're at, okay? You're getting getting some traction here. Um, and, uh, it kind of look like, man, man, this guy's got it all figured out man, this guy, and you do, but, uh, man, this guy just got, got it kind of, kind of easy. Right. But let's talk about some grit here, man. This guy drives out with his wife to a youth conference, uh, with like sleeping in the back of their car to show up, no job, just believing that if they show up to this conference, God's going to do something in their life. And uh, man, I I just heard about you guys sleeping in your car. And I was like, no, 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 no. You can't come to my city, sleeping in your car. I'm going to find you a couch. So we got you hooked up and uh, man, God God, 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 got you hooked up in a job and you're doing great things, man. So a little bit of grit, a little bit of faith and uh, a whole lot of hustle will get you a long way in life, man. So you are a great picture of that, (laughs) my friend.
0: Thanks, man, I really appreciate it. And thanks for the couch, honestly.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Whatever I can do, man. Okay, so let's just jump in, okay? So it is pandemic, COVID 2020, and uh, youth ministry as we know it has been flipped upside down. But, um, and a lot of people have been wondering, man, do I just get back into the building as soon as possible? Do I stay online? What do I do? And uh, you guys had this influencer program that you guys, I don't know program, but this influencer opportunity that you have been teaching, helping people out with. So first of all, what is this thing? Give us a lowdown.
0: For sure. So, you know, in the beginning of this whole process, we were looking at what other youth ministries were doing and we were allowing some, because honestly, we, I mean, there's no university, there's no training, there's no schooling For what the coronavirus brought to us in youth ministry and us in ministry and honestly us as a country. So we got really gritty and we got really innovative and we just tried a bunch of things and failed and learned and failed and learned. But on the front side, I would say this, you know, we're experiencing a humongous communication shift right now. And, and, you know, I've heard it said that this is the biggest communication shift in the last 500 years. Since the printing press came around, there's nothing that has changed the way we live and do life now. We're ordering stuff online. We're doing stuff online at a higher level. People who said, I will never do church online are now having online services. And so this whole world has been shifting. And now, I would say that this moment is a reckoning of what's been happening up to this point. That some churches capitalized on being online and some didn't. But right now, this is the beauty of what the influencer system is. And we have a nine step system in a process, I'm going to do my best to give an overview of it. It's about an hour and 40-minute talk. But if I were to explain it um, and just give you a moment of this uh, communication shift, I would like to even just point back to the Apostle Paul himself, right? I mean, he, the church, the early church saw a humongous communication shift because up until the point of the Roman Empire existing, people had to run through fields and find maps to even get to where they were going. But then when the Romans came in, they created roads, which actually fueled the expansion of the gospel. And you see Paul writes four letters from prison, right? So that's just like Paul is sending out content to the world. It's being spread by these roads, these new means. And all he did in, these, in his jail cell was, all he had was a pen and paper, a pen and parchment. And this was sent to the whole known world. So to say that the church has capitalized on communication shifts is an understatement, that the gospel was fueled by the Roman Empire. And Paul himself wrote content to people that he would never see in person. But even in Paul's letters that he wrote to people, we see Paul saying things like, ah, how I long to be with you. I missed spending time with you. When I was with you, I felt this way. He says even a couple times, I tried to be there, but my plans have been changed. And how many of us have experienced a change in plans in this season? Paul is a perfect example. But if I were to set this talk up, I would say this, digital sets up the personal. And Elevation coined the the phrase that to Gen Z, digital is personal. And I would say that in a degree, yes, that it's been more personal than ever before. But as we've seen kids come back on campus and kids get to know each other and see each other, man, our energy has been out through the roof as kids have got to see each other uh, in person. Um, to say that this season has been trying and changing and made us be so innovative is by far an understatement, but I'm believing this, and it's something I've called the corona anointing. It's not what you did when you were in college, it's what God did in this season because you were willing to step out and make a change and be flexible and pivot And God's anointed the pivot this season. And he's anointed a season where you can make changes now that you could never have before. That all of a sudden, there's a grace for change. There's a grace for switching things up. So I would say lean into it because nobody has the training, nobody has the equipping, but God chose you specifically for this exact moment. God wanted someone smarter, better, faster, someone who knew social media. He would have picked them, but he picked your ugly mug. In mind, God picked you. So just know you're anointed for this season. God placed you on purpose. So, first step, if you're gonna get into this, I'm just gonna start running, Ryan, if that's cool. Uh, nine, nine steps. First step, data and, dis- and discernment determine your direction. My father, um, my grandfather, I grew up with my grandparents. I'm Native American from a reservation. That's another story for a different time. But my grandpa was an old cowboy, so he used to say old things that made no sense. But he used to tell me this story about a man on a horse. And this man's on this horse, and he's flying down the road as fast as he can. And then a man standing on the side of the road sees the man on the horse, and he says, hey, where are you going? And the man on the horse says, don't ask me, ask the horse. And all of a sudden, I've realized what that means. You are going a direction, whether you know it or not. Deciding not to be intentional with your online content, how you're deriving content, how you're doing discipleship, your horse is going somewhere. And now this is your opportunity, your moment to decide where this horse is going. Um, to say, uh, like, to even attach some scripture to this, we talk about the tribe of Issachar. I mean, this is old Pentecostal language. They knew the signs, they knew the times, and they knew where to go. See, the tribe of Issachar, they were a tribe that just could read the data and tell you where to go. This is crazy because I went to a a big data conference, four churches, and at first, my mind was blown by something called predictive analytics. Now, I'm kind of an analytics nerd, but I'm not going to get into what predictive analytics is, but this is what I would say it is. Target can market you and tell you what you want before you know you want it. For instance, there's even an article, you could look it up in the New York Times, where Target was marketing somebody who, a a young girl who was, who they said was pregnant, and the dad didn't know. The dad goes to Target, is furious, mad, angry, but Target had been tracking what they've been doing online, this girl had been doing online, and they knew that she was gonna be pregnant. And so not only did they apologize to the dad, but the dad had to come and apologize to them because his daughter ended up getting pregnant. So to say that predictive analytics is scary, but I want to say this, that in the right hands, for the right reasons for Jesus, we can make a big difference by using data to determine our direction, but not just data it's discernment. It's in looking at the data and knowing where to go. So one of the first things we did was when we decided we were going to start making some shifts is we were going to start collecting good data. So, so what is good data for us? We needed to know who was being on our calls online, who was gonna be a part of our Zooms or our YouTube Lives, who was being a part of our calls. So what we did was we just started tracking it to the best of our ability. And what we found was the kids who were watching our content live and the kids who were engaging with our content were Christians, like 99% Christians. and what we realized was if we're only reaching Christians in this time, are we really, are we really doing what we were called to do? So I got obsessed with the idea of reaching unchurched students online. It was, it literally just, I went to bed thinking about it. I was, it was constantly on my mind. And when we found out that they were only Christians, I, I, not only did my mind just get so perked up to find how are we going to reach unchurched kids, I felt like, I felt a still small voice come from God that reminded me, why would you expect me to bring anything when you're not already faithful with what I brought you? So we decided that, you know what, if we're going to reach why we're going to reach kids online, we have to be found faithful with the people that God has brought us, which kind of leads into the influence concept. See, step one, you need to know your audience. You've got to collect good data. Who's on your calls? Who's a part of it? And I use this example, and we heard it on one of our Zoom calls, because we do Zoom calls for youth pastors, and we have this Zoom community now. Um, We did this call where we're hearing, and one of the speakers talked about this phenomenon in Boston, how people on second and third story buildings, when the buildings catch on fire, oftentimes they'll burn alive as opposed to jumping out of, the, out of the building and potentially facing harm. But even if it was jumping into the arms of a fireman or someone who, where their life could be saved, that there was this phenomenon where people were not willing to jump to be able to make the difference, to be able to survive. And people would burn alive in these, standing, in these buildings. And that's how I felt. I felt like by not reaching unchurched kids, I was standing in a burning building. Our numbers were going down every week we felt like we weren't being successful. And we just decided that the unknown, the jump was worth the cost. To reach kids online, to do something different was way better than standing in a burning building, not being innovative, not changing people's lives, not reaching unchurched kids. Un- unchurched kids. So we made a conscious decision that we were gonna be innovative and we were gonna try and change and we were gonna be gritty And also, we decided we were going to be found faithful with the kids that God brought us. So that kind of leads me into point number two, which is influencers. Um, um, There was this man. He lived on this dirt patch that he called a farm. Every day, this man was plowing, and he was feeling like he was wasting his time because he would plow and work this farm, and there was piles of rock everywhere. And this man would throw these rocks aside and toss them. And he just got so frustrated with the work that he was currently doing. He hated it. And one day he heard about this area in India where diamonds flowed in rivers. And he decided, hey, I'm going to sell this dirt patch and I'm going to go to this area because they have beautiful diamonds. It's a, am going to be rich and wealthy. So this man sold his farm, left his family, moved to India, and decided he was going to look for these diamonds. What he didn't realize was he sold this farm and this farm ended up being the largest diamond mine in south africa and one of the largest diamond mines in the world in fact those rocks that he was throwing aside were the were were actually diamonds that this man didn't know what an unrefined undesigned diamond looked like and he threw these things aside it's a tragic story but this man didn't know that his entire life he'd been sitting on acres of diamonds and if I were to describe my youth group and my students I would say I felt like they were acres of diamonds like I remember early on in in the process of quarantine thinking oh we'd be good if we had the size of team that Elevation does or oh we'll reach kids online if we had you know like some tech support because we don't have any paid tech support no one's doing our videos or our graphics like I went to ghetto university I I don't have in our team, like we don't have the team or the size. And I kept telling myself, we don't have Elevations leaders. We don't have their staff. We don't have their students. But What I realized was I didn't know what an unrefined diamond looked like. See, the grass wasn't greener somewhere else. The grass and the diamonds, I was literally standing in and I didn't even know the gold I had that was in my youth group because there's something unique that you have that Life Church, Gateway, any large church in our country doesn't have. Let me tell you what they don't have. They don't have your kids and they don't have your people. If you want to, if you want to think like someday maybe we'll be good online when we have the right staff or the right training or the right leaders, you've already missed it. You are standing on acres of diamonds. And if I were to say, if I was to quote the old, great Tommy Barnett, the miracle is in the room. Everything you need, you have. God has placed students in your youth group to say, we didn't even know this. And now our youth ministry, our youth group page, which is reaching 28,000 impressions a week, 28,000 a week. I'm telling y'all. All the graphics. All the videos are made by students. Now I'm not kidding. Our content is phenomenal, but there was times where we had to say like, ah, oh, that's not great, that's not good. We just took it upon ourselves to look at our students differently. And when we saw it, like literally the girl who makes our videos and our videos are phenomenal. I'd put them against anybody. And if you wanna check it out, you can look it up on Instagram at the at heart.youth. Um, our videos are made by a, a girl who's a, who is a junior in high school. Now listen, she was making the videos on an Adobe Premiere account that she got from her school. She was logging into her school account to make our church videos. But listen, we didn't even know that she could make videos pre-quarantine because we never, we never asked. We never knew. We never knew that the miracle that we were searching for, that we were longing for, was already in our room so this is what i would say um man we need to stop making excuses about why my ministry isn't growing because it wasn't a budget we have no budget um it's not our leaders it's not our students and it's not my lead pastor's fault it's it was when i decided i was going to own my youth ministry and i was going to look at my students in a way i was going to look at my students like they were diamonds see They weren't, they didn't look like diamonds at first, but now I can look at it and I can say, I know what an unreformed diamond, an unpolished diamond looks like. And the honest truth is, didn't you kind of look that way at one point? Like, didn't you look a little bit rough around the edges? Wasn't there someone who called gold and diamonds out of you? See, every youth group and every student has a starting point. Um, Two objectives in our influencer program and we want discipleship and evangelism. And so when you're starting an influencer program, I'd say this, the influencer program for us has now replaced what was student leadership. We had a really bad form of student leadership and I'm just gonna be honest. Um, but when we decided we were gonna be found faithful with the kids God brought us, we started a program and we called it influencers. And right now, even as in the next few weeks, we're gonna be writing this all out creating a masterclass curriculum and we're even working on a kids program and an adults program that we're incredibly excited about. But if I were to encourage you, if you're going to start an influencers program, I would start with this. Set your expectations high and raise the bar because every youth pastor I know, including myself, wants to set the bar low so we can get, the, so we can get that kid in the group, right? The kid who's loud, who's, an influent, who's influential, um, but oftentimes for the wrong reasons and the wrong things. What we realize is when we set the bar high, kids can self-identify, and then we can have the conversations in between. See, we were surprised by the students who decided that they were going to be influencers. So the way we do it is this. When starting an influencer program, cast wide nets, make some announcements, make the big announcement, the call, the vision. Hey, who wants to be an influencer? And, uh, And I would say this. The reason why we landed on the name influencer was it's, you know, we kind of understand what it means, but there was a time in youth ministry where I was trying to explain what a missionary is to Gen Z. Like literally one time, and I lead, one of the fun things I do at our youth group is I lead our first time guest crew. So we get unchurched kids all the time. And I remember one time a kid said, um, I asked, what's your, one of my favorite questions is, you know, what, what stood out to you? What did you enjoy? And this unchurched kid says, man, I loved the karaoke. That was my favorite part, that was lit, that was so much fun. And uh, what I realized is there's no public forums of singing anymore. Like karaoke, the national anthem, happy birthday, maybe you go to a concert, maybe you're in choir, but besides that, there's no national, like in my life every week I'm singing moment outside of church. And so I've had to learn how do I contextualize spiritual things to try and explain it to gen z right i'm trying to translate to culture so at one point i was trying to explain to our students what and who a missionary is and what they do and when i was trying to explain it what i realized was i just i i was like struggling like what is a missionary and so the best word and best way i could describe it was it's an influencer it's somebody who has a message message that they're passionate about that they're going to give to people that they're that they're going to be excited about that they believe in this message and they're going to put it out. So, man, we just, we defined an influencer as a leader because we know John Maxwell's first law of leadership and first in description of leadership is influence. Because if you have no one following you, you're not a leader, right? If you're not influencing someone, you're not a leader. So we defined leadership as influence and influence as missionaries. So we said our student leadership group is called influencers. And in order to get into this group, you have to apply. And we set the bar high because we wanted to see kids rise to a higher standard. And after announcing, we cast a wide net. (coughs) Sorry, I got a little cough. I don't have COVID. Um, We set this bar high. And one thing we did was we, we, at first we cast nets, right? Let me use this analogy. We cast nets, which means everybody, we're gonna announce it to everyone. Hey, do you wanna be an influencer? Do you believe you're called to change the world? Do you want to make a difference? And then beyond just casting nets, we cast lures, which is specific, which is what I would call and what OGs would call a Holy Spirit hit list. Who are you praying for? Who do you know should be an influencer but isn't? Who is a rough diamond that if you just ask them to be a part of it, they would identify themselves as a leader? resist the urge to set the bar low, call people to a higher standard, cast nets, cast lures. And, uh, and then we did an intro meeting. And these intro meetings, um, in order to, at the end of our intro meeting, we had everybody sign a covenant. And it was just simple. Like, this is what you do as a believer. Do you believe these things? Can you agree to not post this way? Can you agree to? And part of our agreement is we ask every student to like, comment, and share our content online. It's part of being a missionary. So every time we, we ask a kid to like, comment, share, we attach vision to it because there's a big disconnect to how engaging with a piece of content online actually is being a missionary. And this is how we bridge that gap. We basically explain how an algorithm works on Instagram. And if you didn't know, this, this is the first time you're hearing this. Instagram decides what you're going to see based on how it's been interacted with in the past. So that means if we take our 25 students and we have them engage with a piece of content, like comment and share it, then all of a sudden that post gets sent to hundreds of people, thousands of people. And once we, after we implemented this influencer program, we quadrupled our reach online. And that's, this is actual numbers and data. We quadrupled our reach online by driving our content through discipleship. So we did a, how does this live functionally? We did, a, we did an Instagram group chat. There's memes, it's exclusive. You're only in it if you're an influencer, you get a special influencer Zoom call with the pastors and team where we're talking about specific things. And I can talk more about what that looks like, <coughs> um, but, uh, but I'm not gonna get into too many nitty gritties, but our call is exclusive and it's where we're driving values and vision. And it's where we're creating exclusive content. It's, it's FOMO. And we had three kids who wanted to be a part of our calls, <laughs> who wanted to be on the influencer team. And uh, they, we had a junior hire who's an eighth grader. And he was crying because he missed the deadline for the application to be an influencer. He said, I know I'm a leader. I know I should have done it. And you guys are having so much fun. I can see the posts online. I can see the way people are engaging. I want to be a part of it so we just asked him like hey if you want to be an influencer we need you to write a thousand word essay and tell us what an influencer means and we had three students in the middle of the summer an eighth grader say write a thousand word essay in the middle of the summer <coughs> hopefully you can edit those cops out ryan if not it's okay um <laughs>
1: we're good. Keep on going, man. Okay. I'm just keep
0: running, man. Is this, is this, is this, is this working for you?
1: This is it. This is it. I'm man. Going, this
0: is great. I'm going fast. Here we go. Um, now if I were to talk about this, some of us think about social media influencers and Instagram and social media. And some of the first things that come to my mind when I think about marketing, I think about like really negative things, like people selling essential oil, um, or people like people trying to strong arm me to do something. Um, But the future of church marketing isn't promotional, it's relational. Now, let me say that again. The future of church marketing isn't promotional, it's relational. Now, this is why this influencer program is so special, is this is the advertising you cannot pay for. This is me sharing content with my friends. Because when somebody sees a paid ad, they think, oh, they paid to put that in front of me. When somebody sees their friend post about your youth group, all of a sudden, there's a level of trust that happens. So this is guerrilla marketing. This is gritty. This is nasty. This is the marketing that every business wishes they could get but can't get because we have a great message. We have the greatest message. We have the most essential of oils, if I could say it that way. We have, the, we have Jesus. We have God and we have the best message ever. So when you create exclusive community and you drive content through that community, you do something that's called triggering Instagram and Facebook's algorithms. If you're on Facebook with your youth ministry, you move it to Instagram. Instagram has the highest shareability and viral ability online. And if your students aren't living there, um, you'd be surprised how many of them probably are. (coughs) So this is where I'm going to land. Um, I'm going to start talking just a little bit about social media integration and some best practices to reach people online. And I, I wish I could roll out all nine. I got eight-ish minutes. I'm going I'm to run into this. I'm going to talk about um, just a couple little um, deals. Uh, I'm going to talk about Instagram algorithm. So here we go. Instagram algorithm. It works like this. Um, Instagram decides what you're going to see. It used to be a timeline. So it used to work like this. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, right? You know. Um, but now, like that's how Instagram used to work. But now it works like this. First Corinthians, Song of Songs, uh, you know, Proverbs, James. It just shows you the sexy stuff. It's all, they're showing you things that they think you're going to like. So by driving content, so we'll post in our group chat, we'll post the piece of content on our Instagram page. And we'll tell everyone, hey, can you like, comment, and share this? And this is the power of this. Um, two weeks ago at Youth, we, we posted something, and we, had, we ended up having just north of 600 likes online. Now, let me tell you, we don't have 600 kids showing up at our youth group. But our reach is exponential because we're triggering things that Instagram says is popular. So we're basically telling Instagram to show this to more people through discipleship and community. And that's the power of this: is you can take your content. It's probably good, but now you can get that message in you, out to the world. And that's what this program has the power of doing. And as soon as a, a piece of content hits our a piece of content hits our our, uh, our group chat, we know our students are trained to like, comment, and share. Now, if I were to see, talk a little bit more of the Instagram algorithm, I'm going to use a sports analogy. Um, Instagram decides how important your post is based on interactions on that post, typically within the first hour. Now the algorithm's always changing what they decide, how long, when. Um, Basically Instagram is a constant changing deal. But for the most part, what we've been able to see is within your first hour of interaction, when it goes up within the first hour, that's the numbers they're tracking and that's how they're going to decide whether this needs to be seen by more people. So it works like this, a like on Facebook is one point. We're gonna call a like one, or a like on Instagram, sorry, a like on Instagram is one point. A comment is a two pointer. It's a midi, it's a fadeaway. It's a mid range jump shot. You get two points for a comment. And then a save is you think three points. If somebody saves your post, it's actually worth five. So when you get your students, you get them to like comment and save it, you get eight points. Instagram, that adds to Instagram's algorithm, they decide, oh, this thing's got eight points. You times that by 25, that's 400 points. Then all of a sudden, that thing they decide that thing goes more. Now, this is the power. A share is a pass and uh, a pass to someone who can score more. So the shareability on Instagram is so powerful. Like, comment, save, share. You do those things, you get those points, you'll drive your content all over. Now if I were to use, um, I have a, I mean, our influencer program kind of works on the social media side as a funnel. Four steps to this funnel. And the bottom and most important is influencer. But at the very top of the funnel, if you're drawing a funnel, the very top of this funnel, of this system is views. You need to be tracking your impressions, your views on your profiles. Because when your views are high, then all of a sudden you can have more opportunities what the next level is, is, which is engagement. Now, let me say this, some people think it's unspiritual to post fun things or things that aren't, you know, aren't like, you know, a Bible lesson, but fun and fun is a bridge to the series. So if you're not posting anything fun, you might be, you might just look like a Sunday school teacher yelling at someone in a room. See, our, one of our highest engaged posts that we do every week, we do Meme Monday. Our influencers send in memes, and then we post them. And then we also do TikTok Tuesday. And we have students sending us TikToks, in which RIP TikTok. Um, but when you can drive views on your page, all of a sudden, a view is like a seed. You're, you're casting seeds for people to decide whether or not they're going to grow. Now, I'm, account- I'm held accountable for all these seeds I sow. I know the ground is held accountable for how it grows. Right? So if it's up to you, man, I'm going to say cast as many seeds, get as many views on your profile as you can. Engagement, following, how many people are following you? There's some best practices for that. But what I'd say is um, some best practices, we geotag our schools. The reason why is we're putting the most relevant piece of content in front of our most relevant piece, our relevant audience. So we'll tag, Cactus High School on the geotag and we'll put a piece of content there. So all of a sudden the kids who go to Cactus High School, tag Cactus High School, we'll see our stuff within their school. Now, some people are like, well, it's not as broad because you don't tag your city. I don't care about getting some random Joe Schmo to see my content. I wanna put it in front of a student in a teenager. Geotag your school, that's a simple way. Um, A follow campaign is really strong. Um, I could walk through those details at a different point, but that's incredibly powerful. I'm going to jump down here. Um, I'm going to jump down to point number seven and uh, IGTV and Instagram Live. So we jumped on a hype train of YouTube and mainly because uh, everybody did. So we were like, we got to be on YouTube because Elevations crushing it on YouTube. They own YouTube. And we were like, man, we got to be in there. Kids are watching YouTube videos. We got to be there but this is a problem with youtube and what we realized halfway through um the way youtube functions is far differently than instagram youtube is actually the second largest search engine on the internet so the first biggest search engine on the internet is google people are typing into google how do i get you know ripped people are not typing those things onto instagram So people are going to YouTube typically for something specifically. So your audience on YouTube is generally going to be Christians because they're going specifically to your content. Why? Because YouTube doesn't work like a timeline. It doesn't work like like an, like it doesn't have an algorithm that just boosts it. Students are living on Instagram and they're watching Instagram stories. They're going through their feeds. So the way Instagram works is All of a sudden it's kind of like this there's this sweet coffee shop in my in in phoenix it's called lux it's the coolest coffee shop amazing coffee and it's always packed but there's no signs it's the coolest coffee shop but you only go there if you know about it i love it but this is the problem youtube is like lux it's incredible it's awesome i love it but no one's going there unless they know about it they're not gonna people your church kids or unchurched kids in your community are not stumbling across your your content. Because YouTube doesn't function like that. It doesn't live like that. That's not how it was created. Instagram TV is one of the most powerful tools and underutilized tools in youth ministry today. We quadrupled our views by moving to Instagram TV. Why? Because it's shareable and you can come across it. You can stumble into it. And I've heard some youth pastors say, well, people aren't viewing it as much. They're not watching it as long. I've looked at the analytics. People are only watching 10% on YouTube. They're watching 80. What I'd say is, well, that the kids who are watching 80% are your church kids who went there on purpose. And those kids who are watching your content on Instagram TV might not be your church kids. We had a kid on an Instagram live because we were streaming our, our, our services live into Instagram. And, uh, and this is kind of how I'll end. We had when we moved our stream from live on YouTube, premiering on YouTube, to Instagram Live, we started streaming pre-recorded stuff, and you can do that through different apps, OBS, Yellow Duck. If you have any questions, you could ask me. There's free apps to be able to stream into YouTube, in, into Instagram Live with pre-recorded stuff, and uh, and I'm I'm ghetto university. If I can figure it out, you can figure it out. Um, but this is what I would say, is when we moved from YouTube to Instagram instagram live and instagram tv um we started reaching on church kids and there was one time we had we had a student who said this is a cult af in the group chat (laughs) on the instagram live and uh, i laughed and then a girl in the same chat on the same day started commenting just you know rainbow flag emojis and is like you know gay pride gay this. And, uh, And what I realized in that moment was we are sitting on an unchurched kid's phone in their bedroom. And I realized that that was my why, that we had trained and discipled our kids and we started reaching unchurched kids online. And it was so worth it. And I use those examples and to end on this last one, we had a girl, her username was Sky High Bish. If you don't know what a Sky High Bish is, it means a, gr- a B word, a girl who's defined herself as a B word, who's high. She says, this was incredible. I need to be there. And we've seen so many cool stories. We had a young girl named Claire, she showed up on the second week of quarantine and she had engaged with our content the second week that we'd been online, she, she had gotten a follow from us on Instagram. She was sexually assaulted by her boyfriend and had to leave her church and everyone she knew. That second week of, of us regathering, she showed up on our campus. I talked with her parents because her parents had to pick her up because she had a restraining order on this boy. And her parents were crying and they thanked us for meeting and gathering. And she thanked us for being so for having so much community online. The community online was irresistible because of the discipleship and willingness and desire we had to invest in our kids. You can reach unchurched kids online through, your, through discipleship. If you only have 10 kids, those are your influencers. Every church has a, great, has a start. Don't look at someone else. Invest in those kids. And, and I just believe God has the corona anointing on us in this season. And you might not feel like you were chosen for this season, but God picked you. He loves you. And he decided that you are going to be the man or woman to lead in this exact moment. And then I'm just going to pray, God, I thank you so much for every youth pastor or every leader who would hear this call. God, I pray that they would be stirred to move their kids online, that they would be, that they would see their students as influencers and God, that they would see social media as an opportunity to reach unchurched kids. God, I thank you so much for um, what you're doing. God, I thank you that uh, the that you chose us for this exact moment. And God, I believe you can use this, this call and this information to help someone. And I pray you do that, that they would feel that they are anointed for this exact moment in time. And I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Man, Thanks, Ryan. I hope that was...
1: That was it, man. hope that was it. You killed it, man. Awesome. Real quick, if they want more information, where do they go? How can they get some more?
0: Yeah, so probably the best way is we have a Facebook group on um, on Facebook, it's called Youth Pastor Roundtable, and uh, you can join the group. And every week, we source some of the nation's best and most influential youth pastors and best in youth pastors for free, and give them an opportunity where you can have a conversation with someone, not just a one-way one-way talk. So we truly have a roundtable experience that happens every Thursday at 10 a.m. and uh, and all this, all nine steps, are actually outlined with notes and data and everything. It's an hour, 40 minute talk. It's all on that Facebook group.
1: Awesome. So. Hey, Chris, thank you so much for your content. Thank you for what you're doing. And I want to encourage you guys, go join the Facebook group. Uh, powerful stuff. They've been going for, for months. What, you, you're like over 800 youth pastors now. Is that about where you're at now?
0: Yeah, that's a, I mean, almost a thousand, but who's
1: care? Yeah, <laughs> give or take here there. <laughs> so join Be a part of it. Uh, Love what you're doing. Thank you so much for your time. Look forward to seeing you guys soon in the next episode. Yep. That's.